Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking it to you live with another episode of the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure, the kings, and the quest, Gorgareth. In the last episode of the podcast, we had a heimdinger of a combat, dealing with a big old demon, whole bunch of bandits, and even some guy named Erlile. Uh, Klika got slurped. Jarzak usurped. Slay, you saved him. Uh Anton found out he was ineffective with killing demons and devils and things, but found out he was real good at laying the pain down on peons. Uh, Norhill did the thing. And uh, yeah, there were some other people there. But the party ended up after saving the day and sending Erlisle to a small metallic little prison cell. Uh, ended up going back to the lands of Corydale into Enton. And when they made it there, stopped by with the uh, captain of the guard there, dropped off our friend Erlisle and his metal flask, but they heard about a strange occurrence. Uh, some sort of strange headless man was wreaking havoc on the countryside up to the north here, the northern reach of Corydale, uh, near the Akeratos Mountain. Uh, they think maybe, maybe there could be a chance that they know this guy as they seem to only know one person in northern Corydale who happened to have his head removed. Uh, but I mean, I guess that's for us to find out. And so now we know uh, Caracol dropped off uh, you guys are bringing the metallic flask over to the council so that they can handle Erlisle and see whatever the heck he was here for, really. Um, and Margay seems to be in a state of, I don't know, being spooked out of her brains, I guess. Um, so it's nighttime. I believe a good portion of the party's at the tavern right now. I think Kleeka might be at the tavern, right? Is that the case? I think so. There was a wrestling competition happening. Yeah, That's Clico, really the main Clico part went to go check up on uh, Kick the Click and Auk. Okay. And Norhill and Jarzak were talking to the captain of the guard. Okay. Oh, that's right, because we had the weird setup where Caracol, <laughs> Norhill, and Jarzak were together in union, and it was just the strangest little trio. Not, I don't think any one of them really felt comfortable being in that trinity, but yeah. Where the hell was Anton? Anton was really, really upset, staring at the sun, the sun sinking oh, right. below the horizon. And, and I imagine then he just pouts and then goes back to the, uh, goes to find Clico. Well, you and Kalith was standing behind you with the blade drawn the entire time. Oh, that's, that's comforting. <laughs> <laughs> not, oh, no. not as comforting as it could be. Um, 
but yeah, so I guess the question now is uh, Norhill, Jarzak, and Caracol having heard this. Caracol goes to uh, go get his rest in his chambers back in the, uh, the, the barracks here. But Jarzak and Norhill have kind of been dismissed by the captain of the guard. And so, again, as you guys are in this town waiting for... Um, waiting for the, uh, the, the council to tell you what the deal is with all the funky metal news. Um, I guess the pressure now is to figure out what to do about, I guess what you're doing from here on out. So what's, what's the plan? Where are you two headed? Uh, well, when we were going to hand them the thing that, uh, trapped the guy, I, the flask. Uh, he definitely said he was going to deal with it later and had to, go do other things. So Jarzak wouldn't have left it there. Well, I believe Caracol was just going to bring it right over. Yeah, that Jarzak probably wouldn't let anyone else touch it until it okay. got to did you like want the to, council. Did you want to accompany him to go over there? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Like, so I'd let him that... know that it's definitely... Out for engine while you're at it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll do. I'll definitely uh, let him know that it's pr- pretty positive it's cursed and that no one else should touch it until they can figure it out. Evil! Stop t- trying to take it from me. <laughs> Alright, so I guess as you guys are marching towards the strange prismatic bubble dome of the council, you guys see Anton sitting on a hill with his diary crying to himself gently. Yeah, Calif is recording it on video. <laughs> no, on Scrytube. Oh, I found them. <laughs> That's so rude. Oh boy, I found the baby. I imagine Anson will see them and get his wits together and then go after. Jarzak. Wait, oh, Jar- Jarzak uh, starts speeding up his walking pace. Anton wiping <laughs> snot onto his armor. Wait, wait. <laughs> then he stops. No, just kidding. Come on, Anton. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's so sad. Somewhere, I was going to say, somewhere Klika begins to itch as the snot is still on Anton's sleeve. Anton, you want to hold this Ew. flask? What? <laughs> anyway. So, okay, so I guess I mean, unless there's anything important going on with that, yeah, they just march on over to the Prismatic Dome, go up to the council, and the council tell you that they have been speaking with the dwarves and the gnomes over at Goggle Glint, trying to figure out what they could possibly do with their metallurgists to break this down. But they say they're probably not going to have very good news for you. They say they're testing out one final thing, and they'll know in about two days what the heck they're going to do about it, or what you guys can do about it. But they seem to have quite a negative spin. Like they don't, they don't seem very happy to tell you any of this news and their grim demeanor seems to lead you to believe this is not going to be good. Okay. Two, two days. Cool. Great. So you want me to set him free here or, uh, he was like, choose you. Earl Al just comes flying out in his underpants. Like, whoa, we captured you in clothes. He's like, it's hot in there. (laughs) Smells like pennies and water lilies. (laughs) Vanilla lily. It smells like 
Okay. And so I imagine the party heads back to the fancy tavern, which is now apparently a dwarf tavern. Just all meat all day, wrestling in between. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Is there any way that I can convince the council? Like, I'll release him and just, uh, yeah, answer any questions they have. And I want to keep the flask. Well, as soon as the council get their hands on it, they understand the grave likeness of the, the device as you hand it to them and sensing strangeness amongst it. They don't think anybody should actually be physically touching this thing. And with that, there's just mage hands the whole way through. Oh, no, no, no. Don't worry. I got I got a fake hand. <laughs> and my friend's got a peg leg. It's all metal. It's fine. I can hold it. <laughs> And so uh, they pretty much dismiss everything you're saying, saying pretty much what Caracol said before and said, this is now property of Corydale and just kind of a bunch of red tape. And yeah. Now I got to kill all the gnome council. Okay. uh, I cast. Gnome council prepares a giant spell. (laughs) Okay. That's fine. I'll walk away from it. As they just charge like nuclear radiation, just yeah, walk away. So with that, the uh, group like said that they were creating a big spell. I don't, I don't know what what does a giant spell summoned by a group of master casters look like? I picture it's like a nuclear bomb radiating. I don't know. Ron, just give me a weird look over the video camera. I don't know. So does the vibrating noise too much? Original watch trailer for Final Fantasy fourteen, where the bad guys are casting meteor. It's causing the moon to fall down out of the sky. Yeah. So anyway, the moon begins to fall out of the sky, which is lucky because that's on the west side of the planet. So that, that just no. completely misses everybody. This is going to mess everything up. <laughs> yeah, but you see, every 24 hours, the moon starts falling <laughs> from a different direction. Oh, God. <laughs> it's got just enough gravitational pull that it stays generally within the limits. but yeah, It just ends up speeding up the rotation of the moon. Anton's just outside on his knees like, no! What is happening to the celestial bodies? Very good. So with that, the rest of the party move their celestial bodies back to the Dwarven Mead Hall and I don't know. I guess the plan is a, a brewing here. So what would you guys like to do now that you're at the Mead Hall? One bit of improv from everybody. Everybody's favorite. What are we doing at the hall? Anton's just gonna get really sad and drunk. He's he's having a real hard time with this, and he couldn't kill a demon, but he could kill like a, he's not grasping this really well. Uh, said because it's very validated. Like you're not forcing this one bit. This is mechanically and story wise very very logical. Like Anton should feel sad, <laughs> but he doesn't understand. His hometown is most likely gone. The high priest might be dead anytime soon. And his powers are just causing destruction on evil kind. He doesn't understand his place. It's very depressing, but I'm here for it. Uh, Norhill's going to uh, have a talk with whoever from the party is already here about what he heard from the town guards. And it's almost definitely going to be a job for us. What? No. But anywho, 
I'm sure they can handle it. Leave the halflings to do it. They're right <laughs> on dogs. They'll be fine. <laughs> so what well, about Jarzak and Klika? Think you think there'd be like a little headless dogman hobbit like ha- oh I didn't say that word. Please don't sue us. Uh <laughs> just running around going trying to catch a little gnome Ichabob crane. That would be adorable. Yeah, so good old Ichabob crane. <laughs> oh, no. That's so stupid. Really Is that like what Kalika is doing? She's about <laughs> a headless dogman? No. Um, I think if I we're all... I guess a headless houndsman. Yeah. I guess if I'm we're all we just... cleared that up. Just hanging out. Um... Klika will, if um, Marge's here, Klika will go and hang out with her because she looked pretty troubled. No, she's at the barracks. Okay. Then Klika's just going to make sure that Anton's drink stays filled so he can keep mumbling to himself and just (laughs) really questioning his life decisions and why he worships the things he does and what it actually does for people. He's having his like late midlife crisis, but his religious kind. What is it? The crisis of faith. Yeah. Right. He's having. That's the term, right? Yeah. 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 Oh yikes! After you come home from the island of meeting the other living god, and you're just like, my god sucks. Oh no. Also, pretty much whenever anyone opens any kind of like stopper on a vial or a lid on any kind of jars, Klika just gets real nervous and tenses up for a second. It's like, oh god, it's happening again. Yeah. <laughs> Jarzak's back doing tricks, slurping kids up in it, shaking it around to let them go. <laughs> you know, I was gonna have all. cool tricks with it, but it got taken away. I this is going to be the starting of a battle. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, what does Jarzak do? Uh, Jarzak's going to pull up next to Anton and <laughs> be like, uh, yeah, so the news about, you know, everything in, in Glory Week kind of sucks a bit. I know I wasn't there as long as you, just a few years, but it, it was my home too. And uh, the orcs don't, they, they'll probably keep most of them alive because to, you know, they could be useful. And that just gives a solemn nod. Yeah. So, yeah. They don't like, people that much i didn't think they ate people but oh yeah a new fear has been born (laughs) so like no i'm sure they'll be fine because they uh but uh hopefully we can get there soon and help is that is that just kind of gives jarzak a pat on the arm and he says thank you i understand this is not something easy for you so Anton drunkenly missing his arm each time you tap him just 
Dude, you're great. Yeah, I could always stay in Glory Wake to hold down the fort while you guys go too. That'd be fine with me. You know, just wait for you guys to get back. I'll set up some tents. It'll be great. Warm up some tea. Glory Wake too, who don't want to see you? Mm, Fuck. (laughs) This is our one swear of the episode. Thanks, (laughs) Jarzak. Anyway, shit, fuck, poop. Um, so if anybody else wants to join in on that, I think we could lose one subscriber at a time if we all just really band together and swear for the next five minutes straight. But okay, um, so with that, in pure TTRPG fashion, the party uh, nursing booze with Anton and comforting him during his uh, crisis of faith. Nora Hill gangling up with all of his dwarfy companions to talk about what's going on. A trio of halflings come bursting through the door here and they yell out in fear and say, he has returned. He has come back for us. The headless one. And he came with, with more people made of metal, shining and, and rusty, all different makes and varieties. But they came for blood and they called they called for four people and the entire room kind of goes dead quiet looking at the doorway and then as about 60 or 70 furry hairy little heads turn in unison to a group of four people in the room there's only three of them (laughs) what Jarzak you're part of it too Jarzak's pointing to the people who walked in Very good. But with that, Anton lets out a burp, and then the rest of the room sits there quietly. So the barkeep, uh, kind of hoarsely over the counter, just kind of says, wait, you speak of them as men of metal. Is it the Iron Maelstrom? And with that, they seem to be nodding their heads furiously, running over to the bar to try to get some sort of a beverage into them or to get some sort of cover, as if they've been running this entire way over to this place. And uh, yeah, so with that, the whole room starts to go into a bit of a fearful hubbub. But from the way that they described it, it sounds like where they must have come from, like, uh, I don't know how to say this, um, geographically speaking, they must have came from the same general uh, area that you guys went to before to go deal with the strange metal horrors in the distance. So what would you like to do? At least we didn't have to go looking for them. Uh, and there... then, you know, stands up, collects all his gear, and says, I will face them. And from what you know, I mean, they seem to have been running for, like, a solid day and a half. Like, it's it's a bit of a trek and a travel. So the fact that they've come all this way goes to show you that they're definitely, uh, definitely a ways out. Well, best to get to them before they have a chance to overrun the town. Okay, Anton, come on. We gotta, we gotta stand up. We got Norhill's leaving. We gotta go. Do I have to roll like a Constitution save? Let's see how bad I am. <laughs> I mean, I will say this much: while they seem to be terribly afraid and everything, the, the like the 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 pained expressions on their faces go to show you that like this fear seems like 
trauma. Like, it doesn't seem like this is like they just managed to outrun them. Like, it looks like they've finally found a place to take refuge. You know what I'm saying? So it feels like the need to hurry out there is not as great as you might think. Like, it's not like there's an immediate danger out there. It seems like everybody who had to get out has gotten out. You get what I'm saying? Okay. Norhill just wanted to get moving. Well, either way, it's probably still a good idea to start making preparations for being on our way. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I just think that especially because you guys only just got into town, you guys are gonna suffer some some pains trying to travel that far out in the dead of night without any rest. Which I mean, hey, if that's what you guys would like to do, by all means. Yeah, I don't I don't think Anton's gonna be able to do that. I think he lost all his fighting spirit for the night. Yeah, if you'd like to roll the con saving throw, we can see uh, what's happened to uh, Anton during his night of laborious drinking. Maybe nothing. He's just fine. He's just really sad. I figured you've been drinking up a storm and Nick has been apparently refilled. He got seven. I think it it did more damage. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think he I think he made it taken a, a boot to the head on that one. So okay. Well, with that, Anton seems to be a bit sloshed at this point. So as as Norlil stands up and makes a pledge to make things right, Anton burps and falls out of his chair. This is such a low moment. Oh I think it's funny. I didn't understand what you said either. So I'm like, I can only imagine. <laughs> This is so I still didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. What did <laughs> what? You say? It's just a low moment for Anton. Okay, I I just heard la, 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 la. I'm like oh god, she's so good at role playing. Slurring, gotta get slurring right. So with that, what would the party like to do? Are they going to discuss this? A bold move. No discussions about the matter. Norhill storms out the door and the rest of the party stays put. Well, um, we're going to go up to like the scouts and start asking like uh, exactly where they were, describe the terrain, roughly how many. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the people who got here look to be very little more than just like yeomen themselves. And so um oh i said north i don't know why i kept referring to it as north it's actually like pretty much just due fucking west so oopsies yeah it is west it was just a little bit up and over but yeah they seem to have been coming uh to the distance a small village near goggle glen um which is right on the Caritos mountains so it's not north but it's just west but um from what they say and what it sounds like from their descriptions i mean it sounds like there was an entire war party of those metal guys hanging out and they said, at least one of them seems to mention, but this could just be misremembering, but one of them seemed to mention one of them that stood out above the rest and seemed to command them all in a very confident and cold fashion. I mean, they are made of metal, so. I think he understands this, and by making the point that there was absolutely, like, robotic movements to this thing but in a very calculated and commanding way it felt like something supernatural 
And you said they were asking for us. And so one of the people who's now glugged down almost as much as Anton slobbers over the, the point that you just said there and says, yeah, they were talking about you. You good for nothing louts showing up here, causing trouble. We were doing just fine until you arrived. Look at all this. What was this war for anyway? Who wanted it? Would have came here. Why is it here? here? This this all checks out, and Kleeka just lays face down on the floor. <laughs> he all of a sudden hear a cork. <laughs> jumps up. War would have it... eventually, no matter what. Uh, so, and sorry if I missed it too. How many did they say? How many uh, there were? Of the actual individuals yeah. in the war party, I mean, you could guess that to mean something around like maybe 20. Okay, well, that's still a lot, but no army. Hope it's not lost. Do we want to so, go talk to the captain at the barracks? Let him know that we can head out there and meet with these people probably tomorrow looking over at Anton. Anton's looking in two different directions at the same time. <laughs> I know. Anton's just like I got the, like... <laughs> the lantern just like resting on his face over <laughs> while he's on the floor just opening and closing the lid over and over again. Yeah, he's okay. He's good. I also like I also like thinking that Kalika's is face down on the floor for literally all of this. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, you said someone opened a cork. So when she did that, she didn't jump up as much as like, you know, if you jump onto a bed and bounce, you can flip over before you land. She did that, but there was no bounce. She just immediately just <laughs> flipped right over flat on the ground. <laughs> Impromptu of nothing. Very well. And so Sloshy the drunk over here just seems to kind of look at each one of you guys and your borderline optimism about it. And he says, don't worry, there's no rush. It's all gone and taken. And I'm sure he'll be on his way to come find you guys here as soon as he can. Yeah, that checks out. Well, we might as well wait here then. Perfect. Thanks, buds. Many of the dwarves look around worried at Jarzak's comment. I, I turn to the dwarves and I'm just like, nah, nah, we're not, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying to be a jerk to the just refugees. Whis- whispers had... tough love to them. Yep. They, love. they won't be mean towards us. I'm be mean towards them. Jarzak can't help good, it. Kind of play a little chaotic good orc. You gotta neg the people asking you for help. (laughs) I hate this game. All right. So anyway, the uh, party. I guess. uh, What's What's the plan now? Are we all just gonna go to bed? Like Uh, power rest. Like Klika said, talk to the captain. Probably let her let him know that we can head out in the morning. I mean, we can send a messenger to the captain. Okay. Click just looks at one of the 
uh, halflings who was already running a bunch. It's like, well, your legs are all warmed up. <laughs> the click immediately rises up anyway, sprints out the door. <laughs> Hasn't it's gotten like, the message yet. doesn't speak common. If need be, Norhill will like it, pay, will pay a messenger to it, carry word to the captain. Fair enough. So one of the one of the dwarf scouts who's been uh, couriers who's been helpful thus far gets the message and brings it over there. And I mean, the courier returns and just says that he dropped off the message. So what did the message say anyway? Just BRB. Yeah, we, we, we've, <laughs> we've heard the details of, uh, you know, the enemy's approach to town and uh, uh, first light in the morning, we plan to set out to meet them. Fair enough. And so, with that, uh, was there anything else anybody wanted to do before then? Oh, Anton, I think going eventually just try to find his way to a room to fall asleep. Okay. So, with that, uh, everybody heads to sleep, get some decent sleep to them, and uh, yeah, morning comes with a bit of rain. Uh, not too much, but at this point in time during uh, the spring season, we're actually pretty decently well into the spring season. It's kind of the first bit of like weather being optimistic, I guess, if you could put it that way. The smell of like the earth releasing that frozen grasp and the smell of like rain on wet mud. Like it just that very earthy smell there, that very wet earthy smell is sort of invigorating as you guys wake up before the sun um and i guess anton with headache as well as the rest of the party aching from their long battle and travels uh head downstairs and the uh innkeeper has prepared for you guys a quick and light breakfast as well as a series of trail rations for the road so the description that we got of the creatures that are together with their especially intelligent seeming captain were like the flesh creatures filled with rusty metal, right? Yep, they are in Maelstrom. Yeah, and those explode, those explode, don't they? Yeah, sometimes. All right. Uh, in addition to breakfast, Norhill is going to fill the silver stein to give everybody proficiency and dexterity saving throws for the day. Cool. And what's the bonus if you have proficiency already? Don't you get like half of it? Uh, Is it yeah, full yeah. proficiency or half from just drinking? I have written down that it's half proficiency. Okay, yeah. That yeah. Checks out. So you get time and a half. Round down. Okay. And so with that, the innkeeper, after handing each of you a, a day's trail ration, he leans in and he says, I thought a lot about what they said last night. And he kind of like, you know, moves his head left and right, checking to see who can hear in on him and his little dusty gnomish beard kind of grazing over the countertop here a couple of times. And he leans in a little bit further and he says, if it's true that they're coming this way and any of you do make it out of there and they make it out alive, don't bring them here. The least you could do is bring them somewhere else. This might be the last bastion of hope this region has. And if this port is closed, I think this whole place might be lost. So if it's too much, don't come back. Lika solemnly nods. 
fully understanding what he's asking. EPK. TPK. Also, um, man, none of us offered to pay for those people's meals and drinks and rooms last night. Our bad. Can, can I record and say that Klika did that for those people who rushed in? And should no, we, no, no, you did good. And should we not return? Uh, always re- remember to keep that hope alive and prepare for evermore. Uh, fight to the last. That way you will never be defeated. And he gives a, a little nod, but his look, his face seems to resolve from like a sense of like honorable kindness in his face kind of resolves to a look of like just despair as he looks back down at the counter and starts scrubbing at it a little bit. Well, so how's the party getting there? I imagine that we're riding our mounts. But if they still are a thing, yeah, I know Anton made his kind of like shoe away from the battle. Hey, your horse was a trained horse. It's going to stick around. It's not going to just keep running forward. You hit the <laughs> auto lock feature on WoW and he's still going. Yeah. He's going to win the day. <laughs> About to enter contested territory, leaving the starting area. It's the, last, is... it's the last living thing is the Iron Maelstrom uh, it takes over all, all the land <laughs> because the horse is just always walking. It's, and it's faster than they are, so it's always ahead of them. That's what I was going to say. And it just causes like conditions of uh, the exhausted condition. and They just keep taking on levels of exhaustion until they die. And that's how the horse wins the war. It's just so fast. Um Okay, so I guess we're just going to take mounts the whole way, and it's just going to be you guys. Do we want to take kick the click or you, Kalith, or anybody? See if they're offering anybody from the barracks. I think in a weird way, we should leave them only because if in case for some reason we meet them, we meet the Maelstrom and we fail, and then they head over here, this place needs a chance of protection. At least that's my way of thinking, but if there's any thoughts against that. Should we um decide who's going to take care of Kate the Click if we all don't come back? Oh, I mean, it's so sad. You know, our three uh, friends seem like they could be a pretty good party together. Which three? Oh, you Calus kick the click kick, or yeah okay. Oh, and Kara calling Margay. Why don't you just say, group well... them together <laughs> and then hit auto walk with them? <laughs> Get your other characters after this seemingly TPK moment, and the second party that we're all gonna play as they'll be already warmed up. There you go. Perfect. Let's bring up a good question. If in the hypothetical this party does get totally wiped by whatever is waiting for you out there, which one of those characters would you guys play as? Uh, I'd, I'd either play as Kick the Click or uh, uh, who is it? Yog. Ock? Yeah. Ock. Yeah, Ock. Sorry. Yeah, I think Goliath, Dragonborn, and Thrykreen are pretty sweet, so one of those. I don't care which. Fair enough. I guess that leaves the halflings. 
Yeah, I'll totally get out of there. Whatever. Half lane. <laughs> I like half lanes. I mean, there's still one more option available on the trio. <laughs> I was going to say, unless Kick the Click is like the NPC just because he doesn't fucking talk. Yeah. yeah. Which is why, like, I'll be kicked. That's fine. It's <laughs> not how that. No. Okay. Here's my. Here's Talking my. Makes me nervous. Here's, here's how I think it. I think. I think Ryan would have to be Yigkalith. I think Jared, you make all the sense in the world to play Auk, and I think you'd enjoy playing Auk. I think that Ronnie would have to play as Margay, and Anthony would have to be Caracol. Yeah. See, there you go. All right, so anyway, the giant meteor finally travels west enough to hit the tavern, but not west enough to kill those guys. So you guys uh, load up your character sheets. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so I guess the party uh, set off. Knowing the trail from before, from following Caracol and Margay out to that general area, it's definitely easy. Uh, easy to find your way out here this is all sort of the same direction on the way to tartharja so it's pretty easy enough to find your way out in this uh this area so with that in mind um could i get just a general survival check to um, navigate out here i think anton's got the best survival modifier yep who's leading this charge it's Always been are, we leading, are we letting the hungover man lead this? Because he only got nine. Or Klika. Klika yeah, got a 14 on her survival. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and for what it's worth, for some reason, as you venture off into the muddy, sloppy mid-spring morning, you can see the stars in the sky still kind of piercing through as the sun's rising. And one star in particular seems to be brighter than the rest, adorning the sky's mantle of jewels here. So Klika, I guess, feels a certain sense of confidence heading out here. And as you guys travel through the valleys and over the hills into the direction of definitely west, not north like some idiot said before, but <laughs> definitely west in the direction of Goggle Glint and the uh, Karatos Mountains where you had so long ago ventured to Boltscrag Peak, um, you guys can see that uh, as the night begins to fall, that sense like the sense of civilization at the mountain's base is pretty well established. So you you can see that you're going the right way and you'll definitely be there soon. Um, but night falls and it gets a bit colder than one might expect. So what would you guys like to do for setting up a camp for the evening? Anton can light a fire, but I don't know if we're actually the light. Wait. Could it work if we lighted a fire, but then Jarzak did it like darkness around us? Would that keep us warm but hidden? Well, darkness wouldn't last long enough. Th that would keep people from seeing the light, but it wouldn't prevent people from seeing the smoke. <sighs> that odd dark spot over there and <laughs> with the smoke coming out of it. They already know that we're in the region and are looking for us. I don't think I would be overly concerned with just having an open fire in this situation. So you want Anton to start fire? Very well. So using the lantern, I managed to conjure up a bit of a fire from some of the drier wood you managed to grab along the way. 
Um, are you guys staying in tents or just bed rolls? We still have our big tent. Or did that get lost along the way? I think you guys gave it to the dwarves along the way, but I think you guys would be able to retrieve it from the dwarves if you're heading on your way. Yeah, so we got the tent. That works. And so for the first time in a long time, the party are actually sitting out in the mud in a tent with a fire, worried about what could be out there lurking and looking for them. It seems like so long ago, the party was traveling through these very same woods, fearful for their life for a very different reason. But under the starlight, what is our watch? Norhill will take one of the middle watches. Kintown could take first watch. Uh, Jarzak just, go looks, last. J- just <laughs> looks over to Kleeka and he's like, we had a deal. I'll take third. <laughs> uh, what was the deal? Uh, Jarzak had to take watches before Kleeka. <laughs> yeah. Why? Wait, why I, am I forgetting I, this? I don't remember why, but this it was, was a long time ago we agreed. Was, no, this was when you got her out of the flask, and then you had control over her. And I think you felt real weird about it, and then you said she'd always have a chance to clean you. I thought it was a long time ago. I thought it was before that we even went to the islands. Yeah, I feel like there, 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 was, was, there was something, but yeah. But yeah, Jarzak can't take watch after Klika anymore. <laughs> All right, well, with that in mind, uh, the night seems to travel by pretty pretty seamlessly uh, for everybody. Uh, in the early, early morning, as the sun just barely seems to uh, rise in the north, uh, as it does on occasion, um, the uh, Klika is alarmed as she sits on her watch by the sound of screeching in the distance, as if some like giant needle was dragged across rusted metal surface and lets out a horrific screeching noise that even birds and some small critters can't seem to stand as it seems to rustle them from their homes. And looking where the sound may have originated from, you can see in the distance, what seems to be the settlement now that the sun's up, you can see the settlement that you guys were traveling towards. It doesn't look more than a couple hours away. And a noise like that going off is a horrifying thought. But with that, the rest of the party awakens. And everybody going to eat their little trail ration packed by your little gnome friend at the bar. Yeah, we should probably uh, eat in the saddle, though, and save a little time. And Norhill's going to make sure that those deck saves are re-upped. Okay. Everybody has their nice morning lager. And with that, we head off <laughs> on the trail. Um, Kliga, I'll let you do one more survival check at advantage, as it seems like you have a very good idea where you're headed. 19. Okay. So with that, the last leg of the journey continues until you guys pass by small bits of field and pasture, where it seems like at one point some sheep and goats may have been uh, kept by yeomen. Um, But as you drift further into this small village here, and it's right at the mountain's base. Some cottages built up actually on like rocky outcroppings or whatever. You can see in the distance from where you guys are standing in the thicket of trees before entering like the main area here. And I'd say you're still probably about like a mile and a half, two miles out. So you guys couldn't be seen in the, in the trees unless something may have been specifically looking for you. You guys can see smoke rising 
from many of the homes and you can see many gray figures kind of marching around. From this distance, however, it's very difficult to make anything in particular out, but it definitely seems like this place looks like ants covering a picnic. You know what I mean? Like they're just all over the place and everywhere. Okay, uh, shall we charge the nearest one? I'll make a good swift impression. If we do that, we might just get all the rest of them on us. What's our purpose here? Simply to fight them or find information? There's a leader, right? We should try to locate them. I, I don't know how willing they're going to be to talk, but if we don't want to start off hostile, we can do that. Well, anything, now, uh, uh, anything other than a straight fight is too dangerous. We need to press whatever advantage we have, uh, lest we be overwhelmed. Kliga thinks so Norhill has the right idea. Okay, so what's the official plan? How big, how big is um, the settlement? It looks like, again, it, it's kind of like a giant scatter of houses. It's it's like a tiny village. Overall, the idea of them even like taking this place seems like a strategic move to get closer to Gogoglund, which is one of the larger settlements of the gnomes out here on the mountain. So this place is kind of a strange place to take over in the first place, mainly because like there's one small cluster of major buildings in the center, but even then, that's probably about like 300 feet in a circle. Like it's really not a large sized center there. And it's just tons of cottages and fields and pastures surrounding it. So this is just like a farming community. Uh, we should rush in and grab a defensible position as soon as possible. Uh, that way there we can mitigate the effect of their greater numbers and also take in any of the village folk who happen to be trying to flee. We're presuming village folk are here. I imagine they would have already been dead. I didn't think there'd be anyone left. Ladies and gentlemen, the optimism of the cleric. This part is just a ray of sunshine. Well, well, they do eat them. (laughs) Anton's like, they're probably all dead. (laughs) Well, you said that there were screams, right? Well, there was a large screeching noise of metal. Okay. Well, be that as it may, if there are civilians still left, they'll need somebody to provide a rescue. Ted nods in agreement. He says, well, one of these buildings, what do you see as the most offensive? Is there like a windmill or a grain silo or a barn or something? I mean, the biggest building is probably a barn. It's probably a large communal barn. The barn. Uh, that'll leave us plenty of space to maneuver. Uh, they'll usually have two levels and only one way in. Okay. 
and the barn happens to be on the outskirts of town as is. So it seems like it's actually a bit closer to you guys. But again, it's about a mile away, so it's going to be quite a quite a bit of hoofing it out there and hoping to not be seen. So what would you guys like to do? Uh, sort of stick to the outskirts and like spiral our way in. Okay. Would you guys like to roll anything on the way in here? Imagine like a stealth check, of course. It's sounding like a stealth check, but I also recognize. I can certainly try. I don't think there's many stealthy people. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I can try too. Can we get a perception check too, just to sort of scope the scene? Yeah, you can roll an investigate as you get closer. Got a nat 20 on the stealth. That's not going to be wasted. I know it. Let's see. I got a 13 on the investigation. Okay. I thought you were going to say 13 in, in stealth. Uh, no, I, I got a 5 on that stealth check. Yeah, I got 2 on that investigation. I got, I got a 16 on, on the investigation. I got 10 on the stealth. Is that a disadvantage? Yeah. What? Well, actually, wait a minute. Maybe not. One second. I might have to. I mean, it can only get worse, really. I have an eight on the stealth, so. Uh, I would have okay. got a nineteen on the stealth, but nope, I got a ten. So. We would have got the ten until I made you roll it twice. Yeah. But anyway, okay, whatever. So the point is, is that, uh, the party moves up in a in a sort of wide uh, uh, berth of the place, trying to get around and through the trees as best as you can on your way there. Uh, by about midday, you guys are a few hundred feet away from the barn, and from where you guys stand on a hillock, climbing up a small tree and making it to the top, Klika and the rest of the gang, from where they can see, it looks like there's a lot of corpses. And these corpses are not like quarry folk. Like it's a bunch of the metal people have just been like eviscerated, like tacked to walls, smashed, ripped into pieces with sprayed metal, just like shattered out of their guts. This place looks like there used to be maybe 50 or like 80 soldiers. And the people you see wandering around in small troops, kind of like going through homes is it seems like there's probably about like 20 or 30 left. So whoever got here before you obliterated a bunch of them. And so I guess, unfortunately for everybody, uh, you got with the, with the investigate, what did you actually get? Klika? Was it a nat 20 on stealth? Yeah. Oh, right. So, oh yeah. And then you got that low number. Yeah. Yeah. I rolled stealth first. Everyone else did okay. investigation first. Should have okay. switched them. And what did we get for the rest of the investigates? I heard like an 18 or something, right? I didn't 13. do an investigate, but I can do one if we need it. 16. Okay, that's must have been what I heard. And Tom got a 13. Yeah, and Norhill also got a 13. Okay. So Jarzak can see pretty clearly uh, into the town center um, where there's the little kind of a circle there where many of the houses seem to be circled around. Uh, there is a small metal cage that's been sort of derived here. And from what you can see amongst like the corpses spread sort of around it, 
uh, I think you could make the 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 leap here that they've used a lot of like the bones and fragments of the corpses to make a metallic cage of sorts, like a small dome. And within it, you can see maybe 12 of these quarry folks still alive in here. And they all seem to be like just random people, like no group in particular or anything like that. But it's just like a gaggle of halflings inside of here. And they all seem to be rounded up in this pen and very well like contained and clustered in here. It's really sad. Now free. luckily you didn't see it. And now Jarzak has the opportunity to be like, <laughs> no prisoners here. <laughs> Don't go home, everybody. Also, to keep moving. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll let the group know. I, uh, we got uh, some prisoners, so I guess there are survivors. And so as you start to point this out and people start to get a better look into the little village here and get a good look over what's going on, you can see a group of about four or five of those metallic people begin pulling apart what seems to be like a locking clasp on one of the parts of the, the dome here. And as they pull it open, they pull out one of the kicking and screaming quarry folk and that piercing screeching metal noise that you heard before seems to echo out again as you see some sort of a very, very brutal looking device being used, whereby maybe through the power of like a lodestone or something, some strange magnetic device, a sharpened piece of metal shoots from one of these metallic guys to this lodestone and just severs one of these quarry folk. And the screeching metal like noise is the noise of it hitting it so quickly and screeching to a halt in the metal on the, uh, the, the magnet here. And with that, the body falls to the ground and the body pieces are pulled off and put into a cottage. And it seems like a group of these metallic people are just walking around the place and giving all eyes to all areas around the village now. As if hoping they've maybe gotten some attention by doing such a thing. So what would the party like to do now? That's a messed up bait. I don't like that. That's really strange. Change of has a moment of guilt as she realizes what that initial screech this morning was. It's like, ooh, oh no. Change of plans. Rescue the prisoners, then take the bar. Uh, how far are we from the uh, cage right now? About 400, 500 feet. Okay. Let's see. Klika will look at Norhill and Jarzak and say, Klika can get herself and one of you two over there real quick if that's what we want to do. Which one of you wants to come? I can stay back. Take Norhill. I, I, can get, I think Anton has a better up. chance hitting them from far. All right, then. Let's go. Okay. So what's, what's, I'm sorry, what's the plan? Click is going to grab Norhill and Dimension Door to the uh, cage, to hold, like hopefully between them and the rest of the prisoners. Okay. And it seemed like they closed the thing right up after they took that one out. 
So it seems like it might be some sort of a clockwork kind of like there's a time that they decide to do this and they may have been doing this for a long time. So how far can you dimension door? 500 feet. Okay. That will definitely throw you into the action to say the very least. Um, And what are Jarzak and Anton going to do? Anton's going to want to find a way to distract them and get them their eyes off of the cage. So he might just do what he does best and light something on fire as a distraction. Like a building. Because why not? Or bandits. I think think Anton's starting to embrace this like dark side of the illuminator and I don't know how I feel about it. But (laughs) This might be an opportunity for Anton to think about what happens when those people walk too close to the light and get blinded by their convictions and start to have that moment when they realize they may be blinded by their own decisions and faith. So perhaps Anton has just closed his eyes after being blinded. And he's like, you know what? A world with my eyes closed is a lot easier to aim. (laughs) I don't fear the targets. I just dream of dice. But, okay, so what's Jarzak doing if Anton's going to be lobbing fireballs at buildings to create disarray? How far away are they? About 400, 500 feet. Holy shit. Okay, I will... uh... I'll lob Eldritch Blasts at them, I guess. The first one that if if the first one that misses, Jarzak's gonna start sprinting up. But until then. Very well. (laughs) Okay. So I guess let's uh, roll initiative then. Yeah, not great. Hmm. Yeah, not great at all. Hinton got a three. Wow. Norhill got an 18. Klika's got a 22. What about you, Jarzak? You're going to save the day. Three. Wait, you got a three? Yeah. Oh, we got a roll okay. off. I was going to say roll off from low three. I got 20. I got I got a nat twenty. Wait, me too. Fucking oh wasted God. nat what twenty. Just figure it out. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got a seven. A nineteen. Oh my God! No, all, all my right. Eldritch blasts are missing now. <laughs> nat twenty, and then a nineteen. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey. And what did and what did you get, Ronnie? Uh, I'm the lower third. Fair enough. All right. Uh, who got the five? Nobody. Nobody got a oh, five. Oh, wait. I rolled the five. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. Oh, Woo! We had a, we had a beat of five and half the parties underneath it. What's up, folks? Hey, well, don't put your low initiative rolls on us, Stan. Uh, okay. We're Let's calm down, okay? ourselves. <laughs> Okay, good. I'm glad that's where you went with it. Because I was going to say, the running gag is your initiative rolls. So, Mr. Norhill, let's... Uh... No, I'm just kidding. All right, well, click us up. So, you're going to dimension hop? Yeah. Uh, is I didn't do that already. We rolled initiative first. I mean, we could say that's what you did. I, I give that's... it to you on a surprise round. Okay. Because... 
So technically, I guess everybody gets to act in a surprise round then. Yeah. So that's right. my so, a- action for the surprise round. Uh, I guess if there's one in melee range, I can... Uh, oh, wouldn't casting the spell, or is the spell a bonus action? No, the spell's an action, but I could use meta magic to quicken spell something. But naturally, I naturally, think foolish I'm me. Going to? Uh, no, I will just take a defensive posture. I guess. Okay. So dimension door, defensive posture, and then it goes to Norhill, right? Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, um, I'll definitely spend two sorcery points to uh quick the spell dimension door. That's what I'll do. And then actually dodge. So it's not just a posture, it's a real thing now. <laughs> it's official. Yeah. Well, okay. And, uh, it's well, a Norhill. Uh when Norhill gets on the other side of the dimension door, he is going to strike out at any of the iron maelstrom that happen to be within melee range. Yeah, when you pop up over by the cage here, uh, within one movement, you would be definitely able to hit pretty much all 10 of them that are around the circle here. Sweet. Do I get an extra attack on a surprise round? Didn't we talk about this once? I feel like this was the thing we talked about. I I I don't remember, so. I mean, I can give it to you. I don't see why not. It's It's your full action, isn't it? Yeah, because it's part of your attack action, so... Well, I got a 26 to hit. Okay, that's good. Okay. And um, I think that I'm going to make it into a sweeping attack. Uh, So if I could hit all 10 of them, uh, just any random one that's directly next to it, uh, if that 26 would also hit it, it takes damage. This red one is going to be the extra damage. Good. I can't see the dice, but I'm glad I know. Well, so that it's official, so I don't forget. All right, so to my initial target, it's going to take eight. And then my sweeping target is going to take four. Okay. So with that, um, the first one's Uh, killed, and the other one is bloodied. Okay. Uh, When the first one dies, can I get a dexterity saving throw? Yes, you can. I can get a 14. Okay. And so with that, the thing bursts into shrapnel and it kind of covers you in a big dust of it. The one directly next to it doesn't seem to be affected by it much at all. And I'm going to aim my second attack at the one that's bloodied. Okay. Is a 12 going to be enough to hit? It is not. Okay. Uh, Okay. In that case, that is my round. Alrighty, and that goes to Jarzak next up. Okay, I am going to attack. Uh, I'll attack. Jeez, oh, they're too far away still. So I guess I will bonus action uh, move forward and then use a dash so i'm 90 feet closer okay we'll make it an even 100 so you'll be 400 feet away or i guess in your case 300 okay nice okay 
And last but not least is Anton. How close is the nearest building? Um, are you looking to get a building around the circle? Just something or to one get of the them... ones in the distance. Just something to get them easily distracted from the cage. I want to get them out of that area as best as possible. I don't know if they'll be tricked well, by fire. I was going to say, I think you're probably going to have to throw it at one of the buildings in the area, right? Just because if you're trying to get them out of that area, you're probably going to have to, like, nuke a building directly next to them. Otherwise, I feel like it's going to be kind of ineffective. Got it. Okay. Me... If you've got other plans. No, I think so... that's the right now. Yeah. Okay, so a building uh, in the circle is going to be about 400 feet away. Okay, then I can't hit it right away, so I think Anton will just follow suit and run closer to the group. So you're only going to be able to double move, right? Yeah. Yep, so 60 feet. All right, and that puts you at about 340 feet away from them. Okay, Okay. so... With that, uh, surprise round is over, and all of these strange metal men begin to sort of leap to the ready, pulling out swords, rusted blades, hatchets, and maces and whatnot. Uh, Many of them with their rusty claws, with their uh, sort of metal stretching underneath their skin, sort of reaching out in in strange Freddy Krueger-like kind of grasping claws. Um, They all start to get ready, but first, it goes to Klika. Okay, Klika will... Move up into flanking, I guess, with the one that's bloodied from Norhill. Okay. Uh, she'll use a bonus action to cast Shadow Blade. Is there any more that are in base contact with this one, or is it just this one by itself? Uh, no, you guys are kind of in the midst of a big swarm of them. So there's probably about like four of them surrounding you getting into flanking. Okay. It's a pretty uh, loose formation. Yeah, then I will twin spell green flame blade attack the bloody one first. Okay. Cool. I rolled two fours. 12 doesn't hit, right? No, 12 does not hit. Okay, then I will attack another one different from the bloodied one does a 20 hit it sure does and that's 18 damage damn okay so you shatter another one and this thing just blows up um doesn't spray any of the shrapnel what about the damage from green flame blade uh yeah that will bounce onto the bloodied one for seven damage Okay, and that kills that one. That one erupts as well. Neat. And that one, can I get a deck save from both of you guys? The shrieking, screeching noise of them sort of trying to dodge out of the way of these explosions and swings and blow-ups. The shrapnel is just kind of flying everywhere in rusty piles. So what 24. 19. You say 24? Yeah. Okay, very good. I didn't think it was a regular four, but I figured maybe I had a chance. Okay, and is that it for Klika? Uh, yeah, that'll do it for Klika. 
Okay. So the quarry folk inside of the cage start shrieking in fear. And then in a sense of like panicked excitement as they feel like they're being saved. But they all begin to point directly behind where you guys are at the cottage where the two halves of that body were brought. And as they point directly behind where you guys kind of poofed into here, uh, equidistant from the cage. So like all these buildings in the circle are pretty much like 30 feet away from the center here. So behind you guys, the cottage where they dragged the body, they seem to be pointing at that and yelling out things in the halfling tongue. I don't speak halfling. Speak up, hillboy. Oh, uh, these are hillbillies. Freaking hillbillies. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I was waiting for it. All right. So what's uh what uh what kind of pain is Norhill dropping on these hillbilly haters? All right, how many are left now? There's about seven of them still in attendance. Okay. Uh so Norhill is gonna try to adjust himself a little bit to be back in flanking with Klika. Okay. And just swing at one of them. Uh, for a 23 to hit. Okay. That is good. And that's going to be a good old 15 points of damage. That's a kill. And that one good and as well. old. Right. Uh, is there another one that I can hit that's in flanking? Yeah, where you guys popped in, there's like a, a group of 10 of them, and they've already kind of circled around you guys. So as long as you keep swinging back swings, there's always going to be another one really close behind to be able to smack in the head. Okay, I just want to make sure I still got that advantage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 24. Okay. And I'm going to make this one a sweeping attack to hit the one right next to it. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's see. Uh, so that's 12 points of damage to the main one, and then four to the one next to it. Okay, so the one next to it is wounded. Uh, the primary one is dead, leaving only a group of about four of them left, and these ones all seem to be kind of shambling about as is. Uh, is that it for your turn? Uh, yes, indeed. I okay. need to. I believe I need to make dexterity saves against one that exploded. And so, at this point, you can sense something kind of dangerous uh, occurring pretty close by. Um, as you start to feel a sensation uh, by the metal cage, as if like something's moving, but like you can't see anybody moving it, you see that magnet block has already moved to the opposite side of Norhill, Klika, and you can see that metal guillotine blade has already made it to the ground by where your feet are. And as a skeletal metallic man seems to walk out of the cottage, as if the cottage were nothing more than smoke, mirrors, and just a bunch of fog, the guillotine blade in a lightning flash of speed goes flying up to hit Norhill in the gut. And uh, Norhill, what's your armor class? Uh, 20. Okay. So, Norhill, as this blade goes flying up and catches you... I want to... Is it an attack? Yeah. I want to use my reaction. Okay. My armor class is actually 25. 
holy shit. I got 24. So, I mean, so what was your, what did your action, your reaction look like? I, I, I see the guillotine blade, you know, starting to spin up and I raise my shield and, you know, shield bash it off to the side safely. Yeah. So the metallic block, like basically is stuck to your back and the blade is on the other side of it, trying so hard to get through. So you're just like holding the shield to keep it in place. And as the blade falls to the ground with a thud and the magnet drops with an even harder like anvil like thud behind you, the Herald of Steel just walks out from the cottage and looks to each of you and says, there will be no fighting here. And with that, the remaining four of them flop, like just dissipate and fall to the ground in shrapnel. And he says, I have come here to ask you again to join me and that is where we're going to end it hey everyone i want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast it really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in and if you have anything you'd like to say any comments or anything like that shoot me a tweet over at ygrognard on twitter or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons.